Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 344. Are passions serendipitously discovered or painstakingly constructed? By Cal Newport of calnewport.com. And I'm your host and narrator. My name is Dan. Happy Thursday to you if you're listening to me in real time. This is the podcast where I read to you from some of the very best blogs covering entrepreneurship, freelancing, and more. And we're gonna get right to our post for today as we start optimizing your life. Are Passions Serendipitously Discovered or Painstakingly Constructed? By Cal Newport of calnewport.com. Problems with Passion. My friend Scott Young recently published a blog post with an intriguing title, What If You Have More Than One Passion? He reports that several readers admitted that they have a hard time focusing because they have, quote, too many passions. My readers report their own problems with passion. Here are some excerpts from recent emails. I'm currently feeling great antipathy for physics. I've found myself questioning my passion for the subject. My only true passion is biology, but it's a big field in which I have no focus other than my general spiritual love for green things. Yes, this particular major isn't my passion. However, my studies are funded by my disciplinarian father. My point here is that passion seems to be a common source of problems. For some, they have too many passions and don't know where to focus their energies. For others, it's the lack of a passion or maybe a belief that their particular passion won't bring them somewhere worth going. In this short post, I want to share a new way of looking at this troublesome concept. What is passion? Common to most people's thoughts about passion are the following three foundational beliefs. One, to feel passionate about something is to be engaged and fulfilled by working on it and to feel a desire to return to it whenever possible. Two, in the course of your regular life, you will develop passions for various pursuits. Three, you will live a much happier life if you can align your studies as a student or career as a graduate with one of your passions. Here's the hypothesis I've been developing recently. One and three are true, but two is false. And it's this common misperception that allows passion to wreak so much havoc. Redefining passion. Based on my own anecdotal experiences working with students and young graduates, I would offer the following alternative definition of passion and where it comes from. Passion. The feeling that arises from having mastered a skill that earns you recognition and rewards. Belief 2 from earlier posits that passions exist a priori of any serious engagement with a pursuit. There's some mysterious platonic form waiting for you to discover. This is a dangerous fiction. My alternative definition claims instead that passion is the feeling generated by mastery. It doesn't exist outside of serious hard work. When Scott's readers say, I have too many passions, What they really mean is, I have lots of superficial interests. When my readers complain that their major is not their passion, what they really mean to say is, I don't have a level of mastery in this field that is earning me recognition. I submit that this concept is liberating. It frees you from obsession over whether you are doing the right thing with your life. A mastery-centric view of passion says that aligning your life with passions is a good thing. 
but almost any superficial interest can be transformed into a passion with hard work, so there's no reason to sweat choices such as an academic major or your first post-college career. Your real focus should be on the long road of becoming so good they can't ignore you. Here are a couple short case studies to highlight the concept in practice. Short case study number one, the disillusioned pre-med. The most common student emails I receive are from pre-meds who are struggling through tough organic chemistry courses, are not having fun with it, and are worrying that perhaps becoming a doctor is not their true passion. The mastery-centric approach to passion has a simple solution to this issue. Focus your effort on mastering the art of being a pre-med student. Clear your schedule of junk so you have abundant time to become an A student in the topic. Become obsessive about the effectiveness of your technical study habits. The feeling of passion you seek will be generated once you start kicking in your courses in a way that outpaces your peers and earns you the respect of the professors. Until then, of course you're not going to feel warm and fuzzy. At this early point in your student career, becoming a doctor is just a superficial interest you have to build a recognized skill to transform it into something more. Short case study number two, the board programmer. Let's tackle a non-academic example. Imagine a young man working in a web development firm. His days are spent hacking CSS and doing some mild JavaScript programming. The pay is fine and the projects are interesting enough, but a feeling of dread is starting to tinge his daily commute. I'm not passionate about this, our fictional programmer thinks. Do I really want to spend the rest of my life doing the first random job I stumbled into, even if I don't love it? The traditional view of passion recommends that this programmer immediately summon the courage to quit his job and find something that fits his passion. Tim Ferriss tells the canonical story of this form, an overworked LA lawyer who dropped everything to open a surf shop in Brazil. The mastery-centric view, however, denies that such a priori passions exist there's probably no new job that would immediately grant him the feeling of passion that he seeks. That can only come from mastery. Assuming that the programmer doesn't hate his job and the people he works with, he should instead consider generating a passion for his work by finding something he can master. For example, over the next couple of years, he might put in serious time to become a Ruby on Rails expert, allowing his company to branch off into more complicated projects and earning him more respect, pay, and flexibility in the process. Gaining this mastery could transform his view of his job as something he tolerates to something he loves, and it will accomplish this feat with more certainty than a sudden move to Brazil. A hypothesis develops. I present these ideas with the caveat of hypothesis. I've recently begun an extensive effort to dive into the research literature surrounding these issues. I've encountered some relevant studies when researching my upcoming book and vowed to return. Expect to hear more on these topics as I continue my exploration. You just listened to the post titled, Are Passions Serendipitously Discovered or Painstakingly Constructed? by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. And one of the things I really love about Indeed is that it filters out those incompatible applicants. 
So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash startup. So just go to indeed.com slash startup right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash startup. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you to Cal for letting us share his post today. To tell you a little bit about him, Cal is an associate professor of computer science at Georgetown University, and he's the New York Times bestselling author of seven books. His most recent, A World Without Email, talks about radically reimagining work so we can get past constant communication. So it's a really interesting subject. Digital Minimalism is also a popular book of his, which is regularly referenced on our podcast, Optimal Living Daily, which covers minimalism. And that one's all about being more selective about the technologies we adopt in our personal lives. And another, Deep Work, is also super popular. It uh, shares how focus is the new IQ in the workplace. So you can check those out as well as his popular blog and much more on the Study Hacks blog at calnewport.com, along with his podcast, which is called Deep Questions. And thanks again to Cal for letting us share his work across our network of podcasts. All right, that's going to do it for today here on Optimal Startup Daily. I thank you, as always, for listening all the way through today and uh, for being a subscriber of the show as well. So enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll be back with you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.